Welcome to podcast 220 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave, Joe, Dupe, Matt, and our very special guest, CJ from Sports Interactive. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are very, very glad to have you as well. Um, we're not going to have any save updates or no quiz. I'm waiting Ooh. for boo. Well, <laughs> I was just, I'm waiting for booze uh, from from the audience that we imaginarily have, but alas, um, we're going to go straight two footed into our interview with CJ. So we're going to ease you in gently. Um, can you tell the guests who you are and what you do at Sports Interactive? Like how long you've been there, job changes, etc. Blah blah blah. Basically, we want to know more about you. Of course, um, my name's CJ Ramson. I'm Match AI QA lead at Football Manager, which basically means I'm the guy in charge of testing all the tactics, all the player roles, everything in the match engine on the kind of AI player decision side. Um, I've been with SI for five years now, so this would be my fifth Football Manager release. Um, I've got a bit of a football coaching background before that, so I kind of came through that avenue, then transitioned into gaming. Um, but yeah, it's, it works perfectly, kind of transferring my knowledge over to Football Manager, so I'm yeah, really enjoying it. So, I mean, th- this isn't actually a part of the questions, but I feel like it's pertinent to start asking it. That we've, When we've spoken to Nick in the past... Um, he's also come from a sort of not necessarily a coaching background but does have coaching badges Mm -hmm. how how has that helped in terms of like how have you managed that transition yourself because it's quite I mean admittedly like it's you've gone from one extreme to the other but how have you sort of coped with going from something that is very sort of physically demanding to something that is potentially quite technical Oh, good question. It's a bit of a two-part answer. Um, to say how I kind of got into it, there's a event every year from Kick It Out called Raise Your Game. And obviously, you probably know their sponsors of Football Manager and they use it to, it's more of a coaching thing, so for coaches to network and find each other. But Football Manager also recruit there every year, the same way Nick ended up joining the company. So I ended up coming through through there and I still kind of do work with Kick It Out. And I was coaching from when I was 18. Like as soon as I left college, I went straight into a kind of coaching role and working on the grass. So football manager, apart from a small two-month gap before I joined there where I did a bit of data work, it was my first proper office job. I was used to kind of being on my feet all day, working, <laughs> losing my voice, shouting all day. But um, moving into a kind of quiet office role helped. But I think going to something like football manager, like a game I played pretty much my whole life and obviously working on the match area as well, which is tactics and the stuff I used to do just as a fan playing the game, making formations, making tactics, trying to make them work. I think it helps a lot with player decisions and what to do and team shape and that kind of side of things. It definitely helps having a bit of a coaching background and understanding. The CJ, obviously the listeners can't see you and I can. Uh, I think you're younger than me. What, what's you, what was your first version of let's say football manager how far back does it does the legacy go of playing it before you started working so i was trying to work this out recently um if i can do some very quick maths i would say probably fm 08 or 09 i mean i was playing it quite young i was playing it when i was in high school like in hindsight now i was playing it way more than i should have been doing in my early <laughs> teens and kind of getting deep into six seven season saves um i used to like kind of love the editor doing all sorts of things like that but 
it's probably a game that you don't really think about kind of that age group playing but when I was in high school me and all my friends we played it we had kind of hot seat saves and all of that kind of thing so yeah not quite back in the 0506 days but more 2009 I think would have been my first kind of proper time I got into it it's around the year Dave was born wasn't it Think, yeah. <laughs> Even I was playing FM around then, or a bit, bit before then. So. Yes. Yeah. If you've not closely almost failed a course at college, university, or GCSEs, then you've not been playing FM properly. I don't. Matt, think. what's GCSEs, Matt? What's GCSEs? Um, they're letters in the alphabet. Okay. I was going to say, I'm surprised <laughs> you can spell that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's let's go into more of. Uh, well, more about the, the new features in FM22, um, which you've sort of helped work on. So we've seen the introduction of the new match engine, uh, match animation engine sorry, in FM22. Would you say that the addition of more uh, realistic animations helped the match engine team display their work, and in particular how it improves some of the roles in the game? For sure. I mean, it's something that the team, the animation team, so we have a match AI team and the match animation team. We obviously both work on the match engine, but they're kind of two separate areas. And um, it's something they've been working on for years, kind of gradually introducing into the game. And it just kind of brings out a lot more of the realism of the game and a lot more of the kind of things that you want to see, but maybe there were limitations before. So now things like it's lots of small things, so things like players taking the ball on their stronger foot for the first touch and inside forwards, if you've got a left-footed player on the right wing, he'll take his first touch on his left foot and try and cut inside. And I'm sure you guys have seen some of the like Cruyff turns in the game and little turns near the byline. And um, even like half turns from like deep line playmakers when they take the ball off the, off the centre-backs, kind of instead of having them kind of spin around like they did before, it's a bit more, a bit more fluid and it all kind of, pieces together and just makes a more kind of authentic experience, I feel. Marvellous. I mean, with with the, the smoother animations, I mean, I know this isn't, again, your... When it comes to, like, the actual testing of these sorts of situations, it must be pretty hard because you've got to... Um, do you have to sort of force them to happen? Is there a way that you force them to happen or is it just a case if you have to t test absolutely everything and make sure that they're, like, for example, you, you mentioned about the deep line playmaker role mm -hmm. um, and like, make sure he's not doing a Cruyff turn as he receives <laughs> like the, the ball from the centre-halves. Like, like, how do you test those sorts of thresholds and, and differences with those sort of, with those new changes? So, of course, you at times you'll set up tactics to try and, make things happen so if you want to test inside forwards and how they cut inside and stronger foot then you'll, you'll do things like that so I'd play a lot with kind of left footed ringers on the right like I said and um, using kind of the best deep line playmaker to see how the elite do compared to some of the kind of lower league players but with the match team and the match AI team especially um, we literally play matches all day all week all work week so, so you get we. through enough hours <laughs> you get through enough hours of football manager to kind of see everything that you need to see and it just it just happens over time and of course we kind of play every match on either full match or comprehensive highlights so it shows you a lot more than you kind of see if you're playing in key or if you're playing in extended I don't think I could. I don't think I'm patient enough to watch a game in comprehensive or full match. I tell you now, but you know when you um, obviously look at player roles. Obviously, there's some player roles that have been in the game for a number of years. Um, first part of my question, really, do you ever look 
on things to improve those player roles that have already been in the game, um, i.e., you know, player instructions, trying to perfect those, or are there a few already that you're really, really happy with and you, you think they're, you know, perfect? And, you know, in terms of if you're ever looking to change those roles or bring in new player roles, do you have to watch plenty of real life football and pick out certain players? That uh, you know that you have to watch quite in depth to 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 help you you know recreate those roles into football manager. Yeah, for sure. Um, a good example of that, yeah. I worked. That's kind of my exact area, kind of testing the new roles that come into the game. Yeah. And um, the Mazzola role that came in a few years ago, I watched hours and hours of Pogba at Juventus <laughs> because there wasn't loads of modern day kind of players that played that role. Um, now in the last kind of two, three years, it's become a bit more popular in like the Premier League. You see kind of Kevin De Bruyne playing in that like half space, whipping his crosses in. But um, maybe about four or five years ago, it was more something you saw in Italian football. So yeah, I'd watch loads of Pogba. Um, I think Pellegrini, the midfielder yeah, yeah. playing in Syria, he was playing that role quite well. And just tr- more trying to see a lot of the stuff off the ball. So things that you don't really get in highlights. So watching a little full matches, almost kind of player camp style, where you're just watching where they run, where they make their attacking runs, where their defensive positioning is. And um, for some of the kind of player roles already in the game, we're like constantly tweaking them. Not every year not all the time but if there's something we can improve kind of the inverted winger making it play a little bit more narrow or making the poacher pick his runs a bit better kind of running in behind or even the wing backs so like a few years ago I felt the wing backs were a bit too attacking and a bit too kind of cross heavy so that was something that we really wanted to work on to make it kind of replicate how you see modern wing backs play now where it's not just bomb up the line get your crosses in do your overlaps bringing in more kind of underlapping runs and underlapping runs from midfield um so yeah something that we're really kind of passionate about and we do we do try and make it make it right because player roles is a massive part of the game and it's kind of people pride their tactics on what roles are where so you want them to kind of feel how you expect them to play one I want to ask about, and it's not to be fair, it's not a role that I've used yet. Is a no nonsense centre back. I'd look. I'd love to know what sort of player or what team you focused on to to try and recreate that role. Was it a Neil Warnock uh, afternoon on, for that one, or it, it was pure non-league? To be honest, yeah. um, to be to be fair, there's <coughs> top level players that fit the role as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, modern... Jamie Carragher. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't be happy at hearing that himself. He'd probably put himself down as a ball playing. But um, yeah, it's, it's not one that I use loads myself, but I remember I was playing a Dulwich Hamlet save a couple years ago and it did really well for me. I tried going in with the ball playing centre-bats pass out the back and it just it just wasn't happening for me. So it's, it's probably one that people usually avoid thinking it's going to be a bit too kind of just kick it and head it. But yeah. um, if you've got the player to suit it, then it can bring out the best in him and will probably lead to less mistakes than trying to make him play out the back. I mean, it's, you're obviously, you, I mean, look, you obviously watch a lot of football, right? And, and probably more than you ever did. But um, do you find yourself watching a game, a random game or a game you, you've chosen to watch and just gone, oh, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow morning when I go to work. <laughs> Does, is, it, is, Honestly, it, is it that more easy? Often, yeah, more often than I'd like to. Like you kind of want your free time to be your downtime. But mm. 
I'll see something on the weekend or even in like a midweek like European game and I'll just literally email myself on my work account with the, <laughs> with, the, with the timestamp and what happened and what it was. Sometimes it's like written in such note form that I have to kind of replay the match and be like, what exactly did I see? But um, <laughs> even small things, like if I see a really good example of like an underlapping run or especially when Pep was using his inverted wing backs mm-hmm. and you kind of see, oh, that's a great position they've picked up there. I'd really want to get a screenshot of that and kind of show it to the team. Um, I do a lot of that but I'm literally just watching football every day all day I mean I'm sure I'm not alone in that but yeah easily get through seven to ten matches a week can I recommend watching two guy highlights from 2003 to 2006 I actually saw his his volley on the timeline today that was mad. Probably Matt well. that retweeted it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where I saw it. That's where I saw it. I was like, I, I'd forgotten all about him. But that that kind of whole squad was a bit of a nice throwback team. Two guy or Stephen Reid, and that's it. You're you're Mets forever. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in that same Fulham game. Uh, uh, Gavin Spedison also scored an absolute left hat, left-footed screamer. What about the Fulham game? Should we talk about Fulham? Yeah. Let's not. Then, let's move on. Next question, everyone. <laughs> right, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, I just realised Fulham. I, I, used, I used to work at Fulham for a while, so they're one of the teams that I keep an eye on. So good team, actually, isn't they? Great team, great, great team. team, great boys, awesome. Really good, really good at scoring goals. So yeah. um, I enjoyed watching Apparently. the highlights today. Yeah. So, so did I. You needed about four hours to watch those, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> so uh, the the new pressing system in FM twenty two, uh, obviously a, a new a new addition, and from what we've seen playing the beta, it's certainly more than just a name change from closing down. Are you guys happy with the change and how it's working so far? Um, it's something we did a lot of work on this year. It was one of our first kind of major features we tackled, like the earliest in the cycle. We've probably tried to get a major feature in so we knew there were potential for the press to we could try put a fix in try and prove it it might not work so it wasn't something we wanted to rush into the game and um yeah i'm really happy with how it how it turned out um there's still improvements we want to make it's not perfect but we're kind of like that as a team we're always kind of nothing's perfect for us we're always trying to make things better but the big thing for me was making the team press as a unit not having them go just in ones and kind of one player goes and then there's a big gap in your team kind of having the idea that if you want to press high then they should press as a unit and press together and matching that as well with the kind of new stamina system where you get there's you can't just press all game long or your players will get shattered like which is realistic um a lot of people get a little bit confused with how it's meant to work like if you look at gagan press for instance it's counter pressing tactics so if you've got a load of possession and you're counter-pressing, you're not likely to have tired players because they have the ball. So pressing high isn't always going to tire out your players if you've got high possession or if you're in control of the game, but you can't just have players sprint all match and not get tired, which I felt was something that was happening a little bit too much in the past. So um, having them press as a unit, realising different triggers of when to go. So if a if a fullback's facing the touchline or if he's kind of received a pass he's taken a bit of a heavy touch knowing that's like when your player should go and try win the ball back um it's probably something you won't see over one match but over a season you can definitely kind of see the difference especially compared to fm21 biggest thing i found this year is i last year i loved to to work my guys on the chain and field like to really work them hard and and the minute i kind of took that into this new game injuries left right and center players just 
couldn't keep up. They just they really struggled, and that must be a massive key in the in the back behind the scenes as well with the training because they really struggled this year. Yeah, I kind of learned my lesson quite early on with that. I like to go, oh, let's train really hard, do loads of endurance. Yeah. Gonna, you guys are going to run all season. And then I had a player dropping with injuries and I didn't have the best squad depth in my first save that I attempted. So um, I learned my lesson quickly <laughs> and with that one. Yeah, I safe to say I've done the same. <laughs> but now I have three weeks off every every week now. Like, I've, I've a couple of days off, lads. Do what you want. Yeah, no training on Sundays or the yeah. day after a match. Or... Dupe, you even injured your foot just watching it happen, no? You did. I did, yes, you're right. Yeah, I did. Um, no, not, not today. Not today. So you mentioned that uh, there are still some things that you're you're wanting to sort of work on and improve on. Is there anything that in particular that you want to improve it doesn't have to be something that you are obviously mm -hmm. you know there there are things to still to happen and new games etc and things like that um but is there anything that like, if you had free roam of design of the game that you would want to personally improve or, or at least add to what already exists now so probably developing the player roles kind of even further. So giving giving you even more control over how they play. Not complete control, because at the end of the day, we want to simulate managing like humans, not managing robots. You shouldn't be able to tell them exactly what to do. But kind of more direction of runs and more defensive positioning things and kind of having a bit more of a hands-on to um, your tactics in more detail would be something I'd love to kind of develop and take even further. I think we've made... Um, a lot of like, strides over the last few years of it. That's something I've been quite passionate with myself. But um, yeah, I definitely feel there's a lot further we can go with the with the player roles and the depth and especially kind of how different roles link together and understanding how, how different roles link together. Because if you have good knowledge yourself, kind of a football or football manager, you can see these things. You can see what two roles will play well together, but um, it's not always that simple to see. So kind of really bringing that out further would be a big thing for me. It's interesting you mentioned it, CJ. Like I, in the last week or two, I was doing a bit of writing about player roles, and then I, I just, I think I kind of randomly went in and counted the number of player roles. I think I counted forty-four, like individual player roles from mm -hmm. keeper all the way up. I mean, where, like, where does that end? <laughs> you know, n next year, the year yeah. after. You know, they talk about De Bruyne. You, you mentioned Mazzala. He's kind of now a free eight. They're kind of call it now as more and more mm -hmm. roles come along. I mean. Can, is, can there be 50? Can there be 60? At what point are you going to have a meltdown because there's too many roles to implement? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's there's a lot. I kind of even took took a step back myself this year and realised we have we have quite a lot of player roles, but I feel they will, they will serve a purpose and there's not too many roles that are like the exact same or a copy and paste mm -hmm. of each other. Um, like with the addition of the wide centre-back this year, that was a big thing as well. Like I feel football manager, and this was kind of even before I worked there, like we would look at FM as this it they know tactics or if you're a big fan of football tactics or data or whichever you kind of look to fm to replicate that so i feel we have to kind of stay on point with the modern role kind of inverted wing back came in when it was in vogue um wide center back now with so many teams using it i feel if, we, if that wasn't in the game this year it would be a big missing gap and people would want to replicate certain tactics that teams are playing in real life and and that's that's missing. Um, but the thing with football and especially tactics, it changes so often. So 
one thing we do um, as part of the match team is every week we'll watch a real life football match together and just kind of analyse it and analyse the differences between that and real football. And we watched a Chelsea Man United match, I think from 2008. And the difference in just the game from then to now, like you usually think of kind of football back in the 80s or the 90s being that way, but it was really less fluid kind of so much less pressing the time on the ball and a lot of the player roles in that in that match you probably wouldn't use nowadays as often like, or they wouldn't be seen as commonly so um yeah a big part of it kind of staying up to date with modern football but um yeah I think I think we've got there's space for more I'd say it's it's funny you mention about sort of the almost the 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 generational changes within football because I think football more than any sport I was actually having a conversation with someone else about this a couple of weeks ago saying that football almost has like this this decadely cycle where you'll sort of get a different a, sort of a change or a shift towards a different kind of tactic mm. and it's it and it does seem to be almost every 10 years versus other sports like I think the example we we, we used was rugby where there isn't really much of a change so much considering there are more players on the field I, I think you don't seem to see as much um, not improvement, but um, Evolu- evolu- evolution, 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 revolution. I wouldn't say yeah. I would say more. It's more evolution rather than than revolution. Uh, that's what that's what happens when you pass backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's it's fascinating that you've actually you actually go back and compare football sort of from. Even if it's just as a, like a, a team building exercise, it, I guess it makes you have an appreciation for how much football has moved on. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Sorry, was he going to go on? Well, he goes on. Don't worry, he goes on. I do it myself. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a big thing. Even from my coaching days, um, I never wanted to kind of just think football started with even the Premier League. So I used to go back and read about the 80s read about the 70s I, I learned pressing started in the 60s which like that was the first time they started kind of implementing the pressing system and obviously that's kind of developed over the years and a lot of roles that you kind of see nowadays they were in the they were in football or they fall out of fashion then back into fashion like even things like oh like they talk about the modern wing back for instance and kind of how different they play now and how attacking they are and everything else but like Carlos and Cafu was doing their thing years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And even even Ashley Cole, like Ashley Cole could easily slot into a modern modern day team now and even like replace like Robertson at Liverpool. And I don't think he'd look out of place and he was playing maybe a decade ago. So um, there, there's a big kind of thing of oh, football so different now, <laughs> which, which it is. I mean, it changed in a lot of ways, but I feel a lot of kind of the older tactics and there's a lot of players that played in certain ways kind of before where um yeah they'd fit in fit into the game now it's just how they used within the whole kind of system no we, we, I th- well i think we're saying about evolution rather than revolution we've seen that re- a resurgence of of a 352 or or a 532 mm-hmm. depending on on how you view it um where the big change is how the center center halves move and the usage of a sweeper that's the biggest that's the big change but it's that's almost been 20 years progression at least in England, anyway, or, or British football, as opposed to on the continent, where I think they perhaps haven't really moved away from that. And maybe it's more down to the influence of foreign managers coming here 
whereas other countries don't tend to have that influence so much. So I think British football, or at least English football, does seem to have more of a frequent cycle of, of change. Um, the intensity of pressing has increased massively because of the influences of, of Klopp, Pep, etc. Um, um, when Alex Ferguson was in charge, he was the one that kind of pushed and prompted the change within the English game and tried to keep up with the, the newcomers or the new kids on the block to to make sure he maintained um, his position at the top. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on from a slight walk I, I just, down I like, I just like that you know, Glenn Hoddle was ahead of the game. That's where you were going. <laughs> he was going Swindon, Premier League. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, that was even slightly he, before my time. And when I read he, off that, I was, I was mind blown. I was like, he played a five at the back. Because like, I always knew England were playing 4-4-2. And I just thought English football had never kind of had that kind of insight. Obviously, there's reasons Hoddle's why. World Cup 98 was uh, a, absolutely a, a 3-5-2. See, that was like my first tournament my first, that I can remember clearly obviously I wasn't old enough to kind of take in the right, tactics it's not necessarily a good thing I mean everyone talks about Euro 96 and um, yes. I've got no memories of that so I yeah. guess the recent ones was my first bit of even though it was heartbreak at the end my first bit of kind of chance to celebrate England love it <laughs> <laughs> right um, so Seb, when he was on last, gave us a lovely little nugget of information about uh, player development and how under-18s develop better in your own squad and then once they go over 18, they need match time to develop. Um, do you have anything that can rival that in terms of a, a lovely little tip that maybe you wouldn't know about, people wouldn't know about, our listeners wouldn't know about, but may really be a game-changer in terms of at least how they think about it? I feel like you've got... like. A, fount a fountain of knowledge. A fountain. A fountain of knowledge. Even. We'll get there in the end. A Jose um, font. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't play. Don't play him. Nah, yeah. <laughs> he had a good run. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, there is there isn't a magic exploit tactic or a magic exploit kind of player role. A kind of big part of my job again is kind of looking at the exploit tactics and making them not exploits. And three up top. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe maybe FM eighteen, but um, we did do yeah. some changes. You don't, in, you don't need to look 20. at three up top. Definitely not. You don't need to look. <laughs> oh, I listened to last week's pod to be fair. So oh, uh, I know all about two. Crap. I know all about the four three three. Don't worry. Three up top or long throw exploits. These two will be all over it. Yeah. Uh, the long throw exploit caused me a summer of stress, but um, <laughs> uh, I feel like we've kind of got a, got a bit under control now. But I'd say understanding the link between your player roles, really watching your matches in depth. If you watch all your matches on key highlights or even extended, I'll be honest, I play my own personal playthrough on extended. But um, it is worth watching a few matches in that kind of comprehensive and kind of looking at where your players are making movements. If a player's constantly hitting low ratings, there's probably a reason for that. He may, even though it might seem like he suits that role individually, does he suit it within the whole system? So really taking a look at your at your tactics and thinking you might have an inside forward on attack on the left and there's no one kind of around him to support within the team. So link, linking linking roles together. One of my favourites, I'll give my favourite, it's not necessarily the best, I just kind of like how it plays, is using a Mazala and inside forward on the same side of the pitch. So the Mazala kind of moves into the half space, inside forward kind of drifts inside. I like that combination. Um... <laughs> yeah. we know people start doing that uh, we, we've, just, we've all taken notes here for, uh, um, 
You talked about, I mean, obviously there's no perfect tactic and look, there's so many different combinations with the amount of tactics and roles, but a lot of the things that come up, particularly in this group would be things that work in the AI or in a, in a solo save versus things that when you're talking about draft or versus in terms of your role, match, you know, match engine, is it the same? It, it, you know, you're, you're, it's the same match engine, right? It's the same things happening. Um, you know, are there are there things you're looking out for, or or any reasons why there's a perception that the tactic Dave deploys in his save is yeah. it, it doesn't work when he when he plays versus uh, against anybody else in the community? <laughs> so there's no kind of hidden reason like under the hood or anything why it happens. I think one of the main reasons is when you're playing against a human manager, mm. they will do a lot more to kind of counter your tactic. And they'll think more like a human. I feel when people set their tactics up, they think like a human. They're not thinking, what the AI play and how can I how mm. can I match them? So you have a lot more kind of players, not players, sorry, managers trying to stop your tactics. If you've got a right back that's overlapping every time, the AI manager might not react to it as quick as a human manager would. That's probably been the, the biggest thing. I've even faced that myself. I've played network games with my friends and I'm top of the league unbeaten. Maybe I've got to play <laughs> them. I get battered 3-0 and I'm like, how did this happen? The tactics flawless but a lot of it's about matchups too mm. um, it, they might match up your tactic a lot better than a lot of the teams you're playing against and if you're playing a full season you're playing against if you're in the Premier League for instance that's 19 other teams 19 other tactics in a smaller kind of network game against friends you're kind of playing against a smaller sample size I feel CJ I'm going to sort of rewind back a little bit to what you just said about uh, player roles and maybe slightly lower ratings I've got a friend who plays with a system three up top. Um, with a, with an, I've got a friend. He plays a number 10, like a, an attacker midfielder just behind this front three. And uh, the roles he's using at the moment just seem not to be getting great ratings. Is there any recommendation for the role that he should be using? Don't manage Wolves. Off the top of my head, um, I'd say that's very top heavy. Um, I'd imagine the three strikers and the attacking midfield are kind of getting in each other's space a lot. So um, okay. I, I that's kind of four players kind of operating quite narrowly altogether. So maybe having one of the strikers go a bit wider, put them on a the support duty maybe, or even have the attacking midfielder play on a support duty so he's not making as many runs forward and attacking the same space. That's off the top of my head. I personally wouldn't go that attacking. <laughs> I'm not brave enough to do that. I need a defensive midfielder kind of in there, keeping things steady. But um, that's kind of what I was trying to touch on with the kind of how roles link together. Certain roles will help other roles find space or help other roles kind of um, really do what they're meant to do and really kind of it's really kind of show the best that they can do so kind of having too many players in the same positions or hitting the same positions doesn't always work uh, yeah I'll let him know <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Neves is in the mud <laughs> Neves 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 <laughs> um, well it's fair to say that you are absolutely a football fan but um You've worked for a number of teams, but who do you actually support? So my actual childhood lifelong team is Arsenal. I'm an Arsenal fan. But um, over the years, I've kind of watched so much football as well. All the teams I've worked at, I kind of get a bit of an affinity for. So I've got a lot of love for Fulham. Um, Brentford, who I'm repping them today. They're my local team. I've kind of followed them over the last few years. And I really enjoy how they run their club. So I'm still, still an Arsenal fan, but... I do look out for a lot of Brentford results, look out for a lot of Fulham results too. 
We, we, we've got a friend that used to be an Arsenal fan as well and for some reason he just doesn't follow him anymore <laughs> oh, fuck. I, can't, I just can't put my finger on why but, um, t- but to be fair they're having a really good season this year um, yeah. almost better than I expected so it's been nice watching them kind of have a bit of good times and the kind of positivity around Ramsdale it's a nice change to a lot of the kind of negativity around kind of new players joining it's amazing what happens to a player when they're given confidence yeah exactly uh, what I've been and saying support um are there any with the amount of football that you you end up consuming both for personal use and for work are there any teams that you've come to appreciate that you maybe would never have come into contact with naturally that's a good question um maybe not come into contact with but the really defensive teams like the kind of park the bus teams especially kind of tony pulis at west brom i remember i was watching him play like a out of possession at six three one and I was like, this is actually really impressive. Like, they actually managed to like, win games and get points by playing defensive football. When I was younger, I used to be really kind of into the whole tiki-taka thing, into the short passing, that's the best way to play. But now I've got a much bigger appreciation for kind of more defensive systems and teams that can just defend and get points because there's two sides to the game. You can't just attack, attack, attack. You kind of have to find that balance. Um, for a more niche one, off the top of my head, I'd say watching a lot of Dutch football, um, seeing how they play and how they look after the ball and kind of what the width in their teams and kind of possession orientated styles they play. It's quite brave, I'd say. It's, it's a lot easier to do it when kind of everyone's playing a similar way, but I don't feel you see a lot of that style in the Premier League. I'm just thinking now, I'm thinking Mourinho parks the bus, Tony Pulis is insulate Britain. <laughs> one, one performance that really really impressed me is um, I remember I had a full on argument with one of my friends about this was Liverpool-Chelsea the part the bus Gerrard slip match yeah. where just Mourinho just absolutely just didn't come to attack or play any football and I watched that match back I remember afterwards and I was like this is really really impressive like uh, even it's not fun to watch it's not kind of exciting football but just the kind of positioning and the discipline that you kind of got from your team um, yeah I've got a new appreciation for that he just played chess didn't he that's the thing he's, he's, he's just played his part perfectly I love it something I, I should have picked up on earlier you because you watch end up watching a lot of matches I, I, do you have access to any of the like the size sport tools like in, so you can actually um go and look at particular events in a match so you can really like you, you mentioned about the player cam as well earlier what similar sort of thing it, mm. do you use those tools or do you just have to basically do it manually and, and watch the entire match and isolate bits that you want to sort of focus on for particular roles and things like that so that's something we pushed quite hard for and we managed to get some access this last in this last year so for this cycle we've managed to like literally we can pick corners against whichever team you want any team in the world and isolate that so even for pressing I'll be looking for that ball recoveries final third that lead to chances and things like that and yeah makes the job much easier kind of back in the day when I was doing the Mazzala role I was literally just scouting the internet for any (laughs) any and every clip I could find from Syria but now that's made a massive kind of difference and help to the job and kind of something I used to do in my kind of data analysis background as well so I'm quite comfortable and kind of know what kind of metrics to look for in that side of things. Uh, CJ, you mentioned the Gerard slip, which is one of those one in a million kind of events. And 
and you know you, you see a few of those things every now and again like a goalkeeper randomly scoring from a kick out or you know really really things you won't see kind of every five ten years is, is there part of you and your team that puts these things in the game? Is is there something that very few people will see in the game? A little Easter egg that might pop up sometime, some random event. So yeah. It's something that I always try to keep in mind is like finding that balance between what you want to see with really nice football and the reality of football mm. where it doesn't always go perfectly. I mean, I think even on the weekend, um, I'm trying to remember which player it was, there was a back pass that just kind of the Wolves game, Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, Jimenez, yeah. Uh, ben Godfrey, yeah, like yeah. Like that would be something we could potentially log as a bug in testing, but it happens in real life. And mm. there's so many kind of keeper mistakes and so many goals in real life come from mistakes. It's something you want to find a balance of. You don't want it happening too often, mm. but if you want to make a realistic football simulation, these things do happen in real life. Kind of an example I gave, maybe not an individual mistake, but... um example I gave in a recent interview was about the recent Man United Liverpool game like if you're the Man United manager you've got Ronaldo up top um, and you're 4-0 down at half time at home you can't believe what's happening but these things do happen in football so kind of finding that balance is key to us Crikey you took took Blackburn now you're taking United who's next? <laughs> um, just a quick one talking about putting stuff in the game not to go down that route but obviously uh, we're a Spurs podcast here um, is there like the Spursy <laughs> side of things? Can you not put that in? You know, because it's always fun to see Spurs absolutely cock up. So uh, that's that's something that we should definitely try to get in. Man, they're, they're, I've seen it maybe, loads on this on this game already. Spurs, what you know? the, of, of Spursy sides? Yeah, yeah. no Spurs in general. Just being crap. Just and being as, Spurs, as, yeah. as an Arsenal fan, that should that mm-hmm. should really help you out. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we, we can't, we can't put that. such blatant bias in, unfortunately. Balanced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, should, this is going should. back to the uh, the Miles Watford sort of myth that there there is still um, on Miles ongoing. FC. Miles FC. Yeah. Watford <laughs> all of us. Oh, no, I see them get relegated often. So um, yeah. it was yeah, a few I'm, years I'm ago. Sure. I think I think it was on one of the betas. They were like unbelievable. In, in in the uh, in the prep, Leeds this year, Leeds seem to be really good on the on the back. I think it's just year. one of those things. Yeah, it? it's not really helping kind of how badly they're doing in real life, Leeds. Yeah, but yeah. um, I'd say for football manager, they've got a good squad good suited to play in the style of football they want to yeah. play. If you're saying about you not being biased, that, that kind of screams of Seb being biased, that Leeds are doing so well. <laughs> <in Eden. laughs> Seb, Seb's the Leeds researcher, so yeah, exactly. all your questions yeah. need to go to Seb. Say no more. That's what, <laughs> say the same well. about Brighton and Tipple, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying about Wolves as well. The Wolves yeah. are like sort of middle of the road, so I don't get many people moan about it. Hashtag <laughs> Adama. I was going to say CJ I know obviously you saw more the player role side of things and so on um, and I'll probably get stick for asking this question is there ever any plans or have you looked at maybe sort of replicating real life celebrations into the match engine <laughs> um, to be honest I reckon a lot of them are trademarked I reckon we'll have licensing issues oh, really? if we did yeah, I want thought to. that would be the case yeah, um, yeah. But we do we do a lot of mocaps. So a lot of the um a lot of the celebrations. I think Nick Madden's done a couple of them. Yeah, he told us that before. Um, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, obviously, with like COVID and stuff, we haven't been able to do any new mocap in a little while. It's something I got to do a few years ago. A lot of the kind of new turns and new kind of controls, I got to do a lot of those, and it was a wicked experience. Like you dress up in the black suit with all the lights on, like you see in the adverts, and do all of that stuff. So it would be something I would like to see I do think the player roles are not player roles sorry the player celebrations could look a bit could could do with a bit of um 
probably couldn't get Ronaldo's in there, but I was gonna yeah. say I would have loved to see Nick Madden in like a black morph suit doing the Sue celebration. I mean, don't <laughs> give him that idea. He yeah. will push for it. To I remember the uh, he mentioned to us last time they did a chicken dance one years ago, and I think they had to take it out of the game because like every person was scoring. They were having like you know all the top players what, doing the Kevin chicken. Nolan. Yeah, doing yeah. the chicken dance celebration. Yeah, I think we had to tweak the um the cartwheels and backflips even because just getting like centre backs like massive centre backs just pulling off cartwheels all the time. So, um, CJ Imagine the, if I actually uh, got injured when they did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> what I might have to do is on the forums because every time you win a cup on FM, it's the goalkeeper always does a cartwheel. I've, I've not noticed that myself. You obviously haven't no, won honestly, many cups. Honestly, yeah. Whenever you win, whenever you win a piece of silver, community shield or whatever, you'll have the cutscene where they lift the trophy, and then the next cutscene when they're walking down the side of the pitch, you can literally count it down: one, two, three. The goalkeeper will always do a cartwheel. <laughs> maybe not, I need to. I'll be honest, maybe I'll I need to that. that one. I'll yeah. keep an eye out for it. I do that's, like the new um, doing the cartwheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the new kind of trophy winning animation yeah, thing. Good, um, yeah. Like even you get your little manager man on the um, on yeah. the on the podium. Yeah, so it's a nice touch. CJ, you talked a bit about the motion capture there. Um, it's like you said you were were you did you have the 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 suit on? I mean, it sounds like you must be a bit of a footballer yourself, no? Is there a bit, uh, bit of nah, history I wouldn't, there? I wouldn't go that far. I'm <laughs> very Sunday league myself, but um, I can control the ball and kick a ball. So it, it, was, it was good fun. And yeah, we had the full suit on, all the lights on, the lights and the ball. One thing I'll say about mocap, and you don't realise it until you do it, but it's really, really tiring. So you can control the ball and show a sprint. That's fine. But if you're doing that for four or five hours, it was like a kind of full gym routine. <laughs> like I'll say I was absolutely shattered by the end of it. But um, it was good fun but um, yeah it's not something I could do like weekly slight follow up question do you have a, are you in the game as a new gen and if you are are you better than Dave as a party's new gen because he's shocking <laughs> so everyone's um, better I, I'm in the game yes. I'm in the game as a new gen I funnily enough I got sent a save on FM21 by somebody that was three or four seasons deep and I came through at Southampton um, obviously they've got a good academy so I'd like crazy potential i was like a left winger with like nicola pepe on the right wing who got relegated yes. with them and that was probably one of the most fun saves i played yes. in in a long time kind of just ripping up the championship with my own cj ramson player <laughs> <laughs> but the the odds of kind of coming through are so slim like you just you might not see yourself for 10 years 15 years in game but yeah i've had a few friends kind of send me oh my god is this you and i'm like yes it is funny yes, enough it is <laughs> make sure you sign me I know I I come I, when I get a lot of people send them. I'm normally rubbish though, but I've had a few streamers. I've been in the England team as a left back, which has been quite quite cool to nice, see as well. Nice. Um, I was gonna say we haven't really been able to speak about it much, and I, I don't know how much you'll you'll be able to speak about it either. Obviously, the women's football being implemented into FM in the future is that something you're gonna have to have a look at, or is somebody else gonna be taking on the on, on the role for looking at the player role side of things, or is that something else that you're gonna have to take on or have a look at in the future. So we kind of have a dedicated team that's working on the women's football, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of women's football myself. I've watched it over the years. I went to, I think, the Women's FA Cup final three or four years ago. I've always always had an interest in the women's game. So um, firstly, I'm kind of really happy it's coming into the game. But it's something course, yeah. we've, we, we know as a match team that we're going to have to kind of take on and we, we're going to have to get right we've already started putting like small things in place kind of tech stuff so i don't know if you've noticed the target man this year yeah, is called yeah. the target forward and things like that but 
I even reached out to kind of the team that are taking over the women's football for football manager and said that I'm happy to help. I'm willing to help with any of the roles, kind of any any ways that I can kind of offer my knowledge. I wouldn't say I'm an expert on the women's game, but I feel I kind of watch enough to kind of know what systems they play, what roles what roles are are, are being used more often. Yeah. I mean, I don't wouldn't say there's any different roles to the men's game, but more kind of how they're used and how they're played. So like a kind of target forward in the men's game they don't play the same as in the women's game yeah. or even some of the kind of wing backs like you look at a player like Lucy Bronze and she doesn't play like a Carl Walker but they're both still quite similar in a way if you know what I mean so it's definitely something to be honest I'm looking forward to kind of getting involved with and seeing how we can develop it let's switch uh, our focus to to your current save Obviously, working in in QA, you probably had like you you've already said you play a lot of FM like daily anyway. But what is your current sort of save away from sort of work? So the kind of golden rule at work is never get invested in a save. <laughs> <laughs> so I've not I've not I've just been starting new ones all the way through the cycle. Just start a new save, start a new save. So when the beta finally came out or early access, I um I started well I started the Brentford save. I'll be on that was the one where I did not have the squad depth didn't go too well I was like forget this one time only I'm going Newcastle I'm going big yes win the league or resi- win the league or resign is the name of the save and um, yeah no, I'm finding it I'm finding it good fun I mean I'm doing quite well I'm in December now kind of third in the league I spent all the budget on all the players um, but yeah and I'm really enjoying it even small things I think I was listening to you guys pods um, from last week and the transfer deadline day so there was a because I'm so kind of tunnel visioned when testing on match I'm literally play a match holiday to next match play that match holiday, don't do anything else in the game turn off first season transfers everything so having that the opportunity to kind of take in some of those features like that was the first time I'd properly seen the UI on the deadline day and everything went black and yellow I got excited I signed, <laughs> signed Gareth Bell on loan for no good reason <laughs> yes. I had my transfers wrapped up but I'm still making signings and stuff like that so um, yeah I'm, I'm doing good but I'd plan to start kind of a proper one after I finish that season I'm not sure where to go maybe maybe lower league I've only ever kind of done a long-term save once like loads of seasons I think I had a Portsmouth one on FM 16 it might have been when there was in league two so I kind of want to do a kind of that either the dynasty thing or the um one where you move to loads of different countries and like maybe start unemployed because I've not really done that either no good fun so we've witnessed the, the the bromance between Tom and Dom over the years, <laughs> whether it be on, in Twitch streams or when they've appeared on the pod. It's almost like the the SI double act. Um, but do you have your own partner in crime at, at SI? So um, I'll shout out Dan Wells. He's um, he started. Well, he didn't start. He was there when I first joined five years ago, and he's kind of returned in the more recent years. And I feel everyone at SI will have someone that they'll save their little screenshots of their save to and be like, oh, look who I just signed. And he was actually the guy that sent me the save of my own player. So I've got a, I've got an affinity with that save and that kind of that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think everyone has somebody that they want to show their save to. And one thing I've noticed from my like kind of friends outside of work is if you work for FM, no one cares how good you do because you're expected to do good. <laughs> so it's kind of your, your your co-workers are the only ones you can get any praise or accolades from. So um, they're the ones who I kind of send most of my, most of my successes to. 
<laughs> is there an unsung hero at SI that that you think deserves a shout out? You know, there's a lot of people I could name, but I'm going to name our match testing team. So like our QA team, because I feel obviously I get to do things like this. Nick's the producer at the top. He does, he gets to do lots of things and he obviously rightly deserves it. Praise, he runs a really good team. If I'm being honest, that's just not me saying it. But um, Toby, Jamal and Josh, who was with us as well, like they literally play matches all day long every day and I know it sounds like a dream job and then it's it is it is obviously fun I love doing it but it's it's tough kind of playing eight hours a day of football manager matches and it's not always your own save that you're super invested in sometimes you're spending the whole day looking at how wide centre-backs underlap and really kind of using their football knowledge I think they've done yeah they smashed it this year you mentioned match team CJ and you mentioned a couple of the names there but like how many would be in the collective match engine team we'll call it like throughout the year how many are involved so it's probably I realised this from the forums um, I feel it's a lot less than people imagine actual testers we've got myself and two testers that kind of work with me so it's three testers in total including the kind of the senior lead that's four of us that test the match engine and then um, in terms of developers, it changes throughout the cycle. Sometimes we'll have more people working, sometimes less. But on average, I'd say only four or five people. And that's to cover the whole match engine, everything wow. in it, all the roles, all the AI, all the bugs that we get through. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but it's headed by Nick Madden. And I feel he kind of got us working quite streamlined and working well and staying focused because we want to fix everything. We want to make the game perfect, but realistically there just isn't enough hours in the day to do everything you want to do so yeah kind of hitting the big issues early on was something we focused on this year and it yeah worked out well for us we've sort of we've spoken to the others about when we've had them on about sort of the the change between sort of well that the pandemic has kind of forced upon you really how how has it affected you in terms of like working with others and testing with others as a team let's say it's one thing when when you're working in a, in a social team but when when you're like if you're trying to work on a, an issue that's that's cropped up and sometimes it's easier to sort of work on that all in the same space but obviously without with sort of the restrictions you've got in the office and only having a certain number of people able to be in there i guess that removes that has that sort of changed how you work as a team when when going and trying to analyse sort of larger bugs and issues that crop up? Yeah, I say there's pros and cons to it. I mean, I think this year was easier than last year because last year it was kind of, this time last year it was maybe in a lockdown or we wasn't really going into the office at all. I remember I logged onto my office computer like a few months ago for the first time and I didn't have FM21 on there. Like there was no oh, files, wow. no nothing. Cause I didn't. I did that whole cycle at home. So kind of just small things like if you see a if you see a bug or if you see something that could potentially be a bug, you want a second opinion. You could just shout somebody on the desk next to you. Like, oh, come have a look at this. You get everyone's around the computer. They discuss it. But we just found ways to work around it. So now we use a lot more video clips. We share a lot more clips. I'll just clip something, send it over to the group chat, and be like, "Hey guys, what do you think of this?" So there's still ways we can work. It's more just kind of getting used to it. But again, things like there's a weekly meeting that I run myself. We call it PK and watching. That's you guys might know. It's like the saved match. Yeah. And um, we just watch a match of football manager in either full match or comprehensive um, once a week. And we just go through it and just find all the bugs, all the anything that we think is wrong with that. And that's something we used to do 
maybe once every two weeks kind of in person but I realized doing that kind of on video call was even better God, I'm not sure what the difference was, but um, maybe people have kind of, it's easier to focus just on your screen rather than everything that's happening around you. But yeah, just kind of finding ways to work. But I feel the way our team is and kind of a few of our developers as well, they live abroad. We've got kind of people living in Europe, people living in America. So um, we, we were kind of set up to work remotely already, maybe more than some of the other teams in the studio. So we, yeah, we transitioned into it quite easily. But I mean, I was in the studio today. I um, don't know if any of you have been down there, but yeah, so it's a lovely space. Cheers, mate. To, Thanks to for bringing that in. along as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can get an excuse to get in there, but um, yeah, it's a lovely space to be working hours, in. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've massively hit the bingo card tonight. Fair play to you. Yes. When I, when I get my plus ones back, I'll, I'll invite you down. That's very kind, mate. Uh, dupes with two O's, by the way, all right? <laughs> 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 right last question then uh, Tom has famously done shots with Big Sam and Brocky has borrowed Ray Houghton's boots um, obviously you've been a coach at some actual football teams so surely you have some amazing anecdotes that can beat both of those um, unfortunately I don't have anything super fun um, I'd say my best one off the top of my head maybe not the funniest but it came to me recently um, do you know women's footballer Rachel Yankee she yep. um I used to coach with her so she was like my boss I used to coach doing schools and stuff like that and a lot of the kids kind of like at that age maybe looking at her like oh who's this woman teaching us football and genuinely I've seen quite a lot of decent players um I've coached a few kind of pro player sons over the years but she's the best footballer I've ever seen and I played five aside of her and she nutmegged me Oh, and oh, my yeah. heart just dropped <laughs> like, I'm lucky it wasn't on camera so it couldn't be relived but um, I remember seeing it was her birthday today I see something on, on Twitter about it and it just brought that back so big up to Rachel Yankee because she's an absolute baller I'll give her that credit so if if you see a, if we see a nutmeg in the match engine, it's inspired by you getting nutmegged. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, can, we can take that away. And we used to have a rule when I was coaching at Arsenal when we used to play kickabouts that um, if you get nutmegged, you have to drop to the ground and do ten press ups. And like instantly, as soon as she megged me, I just, it all came flashing back. Just dropped to the ground. <laughs> Everyone was looking at me like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing press ups?" I was like, "It's just the rules, man. It has to be done." <laughs> PTSD starts. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for lending us your Thursday night, CJ. You've been great. And we, I mean, we could carry on talking, but uh, we appreciate you have a life outside, of, <laughs> you know, talking to us a lot. Um, but thank you. Cheers, no, it was CJ. really fun. It was a pleasure. Um, I'd say, yeah, this pod, I hear a lot of positive things about it. So um, well, even when I said I was coming on here, a few people from the studio was quite buzzing to hear about it. So um, yeah, I'll definitely be listening in the future. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Thank Thanks, you. man. Cheers. Nice, man. All good. Right, that brings episode 220 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where this week you can check out part two of Role Models which is almost perfectly made for this pod <laughs> using specialised player roles in FM22. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. The full game is out. Well, in about how many hours? 12 hours from this pod being released. Depends, Depends on when, you're, when you're uploading yeah. this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fuck you all. Say <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Thank you, man. Bye.